In Luke chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus said that the kingdom is not here or there, it's inside of you. He designed you to carry his kingdom and he trusts that you'll do it well. It's the same kingdom where sickness does not exist. The same kingdom that does not recognize race or denomination. It is without sadness, bitterness, and jealousy. And when the God of heaven scans this planet and notices things that don't line up with his kingdom, he calls you forward to represent. You are a kingdom bringer. You ready? Let's do this. Podcast. This is Darren Eubanks alongside my good buddy Scott Tilly. What's up, man? Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you all. I uh, hope your day is going great, and I hope your life is going better. Uh, we're going to bring to you um, some kingdom perspective on some worldly things. So I hope uh, you get the most out of this. Wow, I didn't know you were going to do a humongous monologue, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. You're welcome. I should probably call you Pastor Scott Tilly, though, huh? Uh, yeah, that's fine. That means that you are the one on the podcast that has to be above reproach. Is that right? <laughs> exactly. And I get to just stand here and kind of hold you accountable? <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's good. Man, we are we are very thankful. Uh, this is something for about three years I've been interested in uh, podcasting, Very been very intrigued by it. And I've been talking about starting one for a long time talked to Scott about it for quite a while. And like a lot of things in my life, I just talk about it. And finally, I uh, kind of felt some some grace and some freedom to just get after it. I think there was a bit of intimidation that I was uh, worried about stepping into with this whole thing, but it's been a fun learning experience. And a big part of why we're able to do this, honestly, is because of the amazing support, uh, both just as a brother, but also financially. Uh, Brian Marshall and the crew at Building Solutions. Uh, man, they were our first sponsor before we even recorded our first podcast. That's pretty amazing. So I want to give a big shout out to the Building Solution crew. Uh, if you're interested in any of your building and construction needs, check out bldsolutions.net. I hope that is correct. I believe it is. But big shout out to Brian Marshall and the Building Solutions gang. Uh, without their help, we would not be able to have this amazing equipment that we have that I'm having to learn how to use. Right, Scott? Yeah, it's definitely a learning experience, but as most things in life, we'll get better as we get going. So, I'm excited. Yeah, we were we were actually set to record this thing on Tuesday, and dude, I've been practicing with this program, <laughs> I've been using this equipment, and it was honestly as if I opened up this program for the very first time on Tuesday, and it was not working. <laughs> then I came to find out that you cannot use two microphones on one computer. So we had to do some finagling and uh, upgraded some some program stuff. So we are good to go. We're excited. A couple of weeks ago, Scott, I asked you what you wanted to talk about on this first episode, and really with without a whole lot of hesitation you said you wanted to talk about the prophetic and so 
today we're going to be talking a little bit about the prophetic culture and kind of like the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, what, what a healthy prophetic culture looks like within a church. And maybe for some of you, you're thinking, what is a prophetic culture? Well, we're hoping to get into that a little bit too. So Scott, what was on your heart, man, when you uh, expressed to me that you wanted to talk about the prophetic? Yeah. Um, well, I think for one thing, um, hearing from God is always good. It's always educational. And uh, I think from a young age, we always hear that God talks to... I, one of the first things I, I was always told was, God talks to us all the time. We're just not listening. And I really want to hone in on listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying so that not just from my ministry perspective, but from my life perspective, I want to, I want to uh, listen to what God has to say about my marriage. I want to listen to what he has to say about my finances. I want to listen to what he has to say about my friendships and, and so on. So, um, first of all, I think to get to the, to the chase of this thing, um, prophecy is just simply hearing from God and then, and then relaying what he's saying. Um, we, we, we read about a lot of the old Testament prophets, um, with Isaiah and, and some of those, but, um, as a matter of fact, I was just in Isaiah today and, and 55 11 talks about, um, you know, when I, when, when the Lord speaks a word that it doesn't return to him void. So one thing that we can always note about prophecy is that, you know, when God speaks it, it is, um, and nothing changes that. So yeah, I, I really, um, I don't know how bad, how much we'll get into the good, the bad and the ugly, but I really, uh, I think for a culture perspective, you're seeing, um, just a huge outpouring of the spirit of God right now. And, and he's doing, um, he's doing new things. He's, um, he is the God, um, of the old, but he's also the God of the New Testament, and uh, the, the revelation that we're receiving from day to day is amazing to me. Um, the things that he's not just um, gifted us with, but equipped us with in, in the church and the building up of the saints. Um, so I, I really kind of wanted to get into that a little bit today, if that's cool. Yeah, man, that's cool. I think what's really neat about this whole this whole subject is I think you and I are both very passionate about the prophetic as a whole. And I think we're both fairly new, I would I would say, and uh, new to the prophetic or new to the idea of, of it being a healthy a healthy thing in a church. Yes. Um, both of us kind of came from the same background in regards to church. Like uh, there's a pastor, and you show up and you listen to a message, and you go home and eat your roast, right? <laughs> but I think as we grow in this prophetic, we're really seeing and folks, we're going to get into that a little bit. You know, Scott kind of gave a simple definition of what prophecy was simply hearing from God and then like relaying that message. Um, but we're going to get into some scripture for sure in regards to what, what prophecy is. And, you know, let, let's, let's stick to that, that simple definition for a minute. Like if it's simply hearing from God and then speaking those words to somebody else or to something else, um, man, Jesus only walked in prophecy. Mm -hmm. If we go with that definition, right? When he says, I only say what my father says, yeah. that means he's walking around prophesying everywhere he goes. And that's all he's doing is prophesying to that simple yeah. definition. But mm -hmm. in regards to like, um, I, I don't want to stick on the, the ugly or the dirty too much, but what are some, in, in your opinion, what are some things that uh, prevent people from, from stepping further into the, what we call the prophetic? Well, I, you kind of hit on it a little bit um, when when you were talking about getting a message from the pastor and then going home. And <clears throat> it's my belief that the fivefold is what encompasses the church, and uh, prophecy being one of those things. And and I think that one of the things 
that we've misinterpreted maybe in the past. And I'm not saying it's, it's ever, you know, everybody, but I know for me, um, I just assumed when I went to church that it was a pastor's job to do everything. And and if you read that title pastor, there's four other folds to this ministry. Yeah. Do you want to, why don't you explain that real quick? I'm sorry. Just, just for anybody who doesn't know what the five fold is. Sorry. um, No, you're good. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So you have the pastors, the prophets, the evangelists, the, uh, the teachers, um, and the uh, and the apostles. So uh, basically, what the foundation of a church was built on was these five, these five fold encompassed the whole church, and they were what made the church function. You know, each each distributed a certain gift to see uh, God's bride grow and and, and God's uh, church grow. And um, so when I was when I, back to when I was you know growing up, it was kind of. It was simple. It was simplistic for me to just get that message from the pastor and just go home and just, you know, the rest of the week do whatever. But when I started studying the Word of God, when, when, when the Holy Spirit was, you know, convicting me of, of certain things in my life that He had given me the gift to do that I wasn't using, it changed perspective for me. It changed everything. And and prophecy is one of those things that I feel like um, many people are gifted with that just don't know that they're gifted with it yet. Um, they haven't had the opportunity or they're, or they're scared to step out. And I think for us, for me and you, man, I think we want people to, we want the church to thrive. We, we want, we want, uh, we want what God wants, I think, essentially. Um, and, and when, when we're doing our day to day, man, Jesus, it's not, as Todd White says, it's not Jesus incorporated, man. And we're, we're walking around with the spirit of a living God inside of us, man. And, um, he could have chose to put his spirit anywhere on earth, but he put it inside his creation, with the Holy Spirit when he, um, when he infects rather your innermost being, man. And, and that to me is where all that stems from knowing that you're a son or a daughter in the kingdom. A lot of things stem from that point of view and that perspective. So, um, it, with all that said, I think, um, not knowing that man, I think just not being educated in that is, is very, um, is very vital. You have to be educated in, in your growth and every season of your life is going to be different than the last. And, so yeah, I, th- I think we really have to steward the gifts that have been given to us for sure. So you're a you're a pastor currently, correct? Yes, we've established that you're a pastor at Buckland Community Church. Um, where does where does the prophetic fit in what your vision is for your church right now? Because you are currently filling one of those fivefold positions as a pastor. So what? What does that look like when you have, you know, a, a small town church with um, really you've got folks coming from four or five different towns to your church every Sunday morning. I've been there. I go there. Um, what what is what is one way that you want to establish uh, a prophetic culture? I guess maybe the best question is to you in your church, what does a healthy prophetic culture look like? Just gonna put me on the spot, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> um, for me personally, man, it's just it's flowing um, in in the reasoning of the fivefold, and and the reasoning being to edify and build up the church. I think you can't you can't put. Let me let me rephrase this. I don't think you can you can instruct prophecy into the church. Like you can't be behind it saying, "Well, this is the time we're gonna you know we're gonna prophesy now." or I think when God has a word so heavy on your heart to give, it's the prompting of the Holy Spirit, no matter if it's during worship, no matter if it's during the message, no matter if it's right at startup. Like for me, implementing the prophetic would be just the Holy, stewarding the room for the Holy Spirit to show up and do what he does. 
um, and noting and understanding who holds that gift, who holds that prophetic gift. And we always know um, the first thing that I think um, scares a lot of people is they'll put more emphasis on the false prophets and the false teachers than they will the one who is a true prophet and a true teacher, which is Jesus. So if it's lining up with the the divine nature of Jesus, if it's if it's if the doctrine of Christ is being presented in that, then then it just kind of flows from that. And we've experienced that in, in the past where um, the Holy Spirit will will basically take the room that you give them, you know. Um, and so for me, opening that up and allowing people to come in and, and, and hearing them speak and their take on it and getting those people that are gifted in that way, letting them kind of have um, their their the, the time that they need to to implement that gift or um, impart that gift to the congregation. So hope that, hope that kind of, no, that's good. Um, I love, I have a, a, a spiritual father in my life that he, he actually told me that the heart, no, sorry, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And I think that's really cool because it's every word that we speak prophetically to another person to edify, to build up, to encourage, it's pointing them directly to what we said earlier, the man, the dude who only prophesied yeah. and came to set people free. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's a good thing. I know that you're going to, you're going to do some reading in first uh, Corinthians 14, which kind of mm-hmm. outlines a little bit about um, prophecy as a gift. Right. Yes. I wanted to, I wanted to lead into that with the very end of first Corinthians 13, which uh, we all know first Corinthians chapter. 13 <laughs> Uh, Pastor Tilly, who has done a lot of weddings, probably has the whole chapter memorized, I'm sure. Um, but the very end of that chapter, it's actually it's actually verse 13. So it's 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And then it goes straight into 1 Corinthians 14, where we're talking about prophecy. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to always understand that outside of love, like if there's not love driving your heart, then it's not going to be love that's driving your mouth Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you open your mouth to speak a word to someone. So love above all love, above all love. So without love, a prophetic word really means nothing. And so there's, there's again, going back to that simple definition, there's kind of two uh, two things that prophecy involves. It involves hearing and then involves speaking. <laughs> and so uh, we all want to hear from the Lord, right? We all want to hear from the Lord, but I promise you the Lord does not want to give you a word for someone if there's not love on your heart. Mm. And so uh, with that, man, go into a little bit about what you were going to, what you were going to share with us from first Corinthians 14. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to bounce off that for a minute. What you said about love, you know, everything we do, um, in Christ has got to be motivated by love or else we're putting a man-made blemish on something that was made to be completely spiritual and completely pure. So, and w- wouldn't you say that every, cause we've all seen this gift abused, right? Yes, yes. We've seen this abused in the church. We've seen, you know, people stand up and, and give this prophetic word like out of turn or um, whatever. Isn't it safe to say that that was, Every time that it's been abused, it's been because it's been outside of love. Outside of love, yeah, or self-motivated. Correct. Which love is not <laughs> yes. self-motivated. Yes. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that that's good. That's big time. Um, and, and I, 
you know, with the prophetic man, there there's a certain uh, there's a divine nature that that one will carry with this, you know, and it's always the nature of Christ. It's not the nature of man. It's it's what he's placed in them. And and I, I'm going to read to you from First Corinthians fourteen one, and this is from the Amplified version. If you don't have it, download the Bible app. Thank you. Uh, what's what's the guy in Oklahoma City? Life Church. <laughs> Life Church. Yeah. Thank you, Life Church. For Craig the, for Rochelle. The, Craig, yeah, Craig Rochelle. Thank you, Craig Rochelle, for the life for the app here. So, this is uh, this is in the Amplified version of First Corinthians fourteen. If you like, I said, if you don't have the Amplified version, download that Bible app, and it's on there. It says, um, "Prophecy, a superior gift." It starts the whole thing with that, and it says, "Pursue this love with eagerness. Make it your goal." Yet earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts to be used by believers for the benefit of the church. See, it's not the benefit of the believer, so to speak, like singular, but the whole church. But especially that you may prophesy, it says, to foretell the future, to speak a new message from God to the people. So that's the amplified version. And with that, I think motivated in love, as we talked about, is very crucial. But when you're speaking a prophetic word over somebody, when somebody walks up to you, and we, and we like to call it reading the mail, if somebody comes up to you and speaks something over you that you know that there's no possible way they could have known, um, that's the first way that I always test it. Like, there's no way this guy could have known this. God sent this person to me, this male or this female to me, to bring revelation to this specific place in my life. And um, it, there's a cultivation in that because it stirs me up. It's a testimony that I may be going through, that I've gone through, and it, it's it's to be used by the believers to benefit the whole body. And then it goes on to talk about tongues, you know, and, and how that just kind of edifies oneself. Prophecy is specifically um, doctrinated for the, the whole church to build them up. So, like, it, I remember sitting in church as a child and the pastor would say something and, you know, I felt like he was talking directly to me. Like I would look up if I wasn't paying attention and I would kind of catch a glimpse of what he was saying and, and it, it would just touch my heart. And so these things cultivated spiritually to be used for the benefit of the church. It's, it's this culture of, of correct uh, revelation that, that God is still here. He didn't stay in the grave that, that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us as the word says. And so if, if Jesus himself imparted gifts to the church, shouldn't we be using those gifts? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I, one thing too, there's, there's a couple different, um, I've, I've heard prophecy in a couple different ways. There's the, the forth telling, which we're all familiar with. And we all kind of get freaked out about when it comes to for, you know, foretelling the future, Yeah. but there's also forth telling. And so it's like, it's the, the, the word of Jesus, right? The words of the father, when those, like you, you were given an example of being in church and being edified and built up. That's because the words were spoken that had already been written, that had already been spoken. And those words spoken forth, touched your heart, built you up and encouraged yeah. you. That's prophecy. That's a healthy, uh, prophetic environment. So what happens is when we, when we grow in this, just like any gift, man, just like any, anything that we do, when we grow in this, we, we tend to, to stretch ourselves further and further and further. And so it's, it's simple. Um, when we have the simple definition of just edifying, encouraging, and building up, man, a healthy prophetic culture to me means everybody desires to build up 
encourage and edify mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, I've been involved in, in the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to prophecy. I've, I've been involved in churches where there, there was no prophetic culture, where people showed up literally to just hear a message, maybe sing some songs, and then go home. And so we're talking about the prophetic as a lifestyle, first of all, right? We're not just talking about Sunday mornings, yeah. but we are talking about, I guess in this podcast, we are talking about within the church right now yes. because um, we're both involved in churches. We're, we, we've both been involved in ministries. And so the idea of having a healthy prophetic culture within the church, man, I've, I've been to a lot of churches where that's the saddest place that I've ever seen. That's the, that's the most discouraging place that I've ever seen. And what they need is someone, someone to understand the prophetic, to, to, to grow in the prophetic themselves and to teach other people true prophecy, what that looks like. And so, so many, so many churches, so many ministries avoid even teaching prophecy or bringing people in that are going to, uh, do workshops on prophecy because of the whole fortune telling, you know, idea of it or whatever. Well, I and they just don't was, understand it. I think it, it's, there, there's a lack of desire. Some people don't desire it because they don't understand it. The word of God is alive and active, right? I mean, that's what it says. So it's constantly challenging me to be better or be more equipped than I was two years ago, two days ago. You know, and if you don't have a desire to prophesy, then, you know, why would God hand that over to you? You know, like there has to be a certain desire. And the word says, and for, like we just read, desire all the spiritual gifts, desire every single one of those gifts, but especially that you may prophesy so the whole church can benefit from it. That's what a church service should look like. You know, a, a whole a whole bunch of people getting spiritually wrecked, as we like to call it, when the Holy Spirit is in the room and you're actually giving him the room to do what he does best, and that's to touch the, you know, the innermost being of our heart. And prophecy is one of those things, man. Like, that's cultivating the culture of prophecy. Let's stir this thing up. Let's, let's you know, when you cultivate the land, think about that. When you're cultivating the land, you're that's stirring good. it up. So why would we not want to hear the heart of the Father? You know, I want to, I want him to prophesy over me in my marriage, man. I want a better marriage today than I had, you know, two years ago, you know, and friendship. Like we talked earlier, friendships, church, fellowship, all of it, man. I want, I'm not selfish by saying that. It says to desire those things. I desire to be a better pastor tomorrow than I was when I started. Yeah. It also says that his sheep know his voice, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about, about the lifestyle thing. If we can't. If we can't know the Father's voice like every day of our lives as we walk, as we go to work, as we go to bed, as we interact with our family and our friends, then we're not, first of all, we're not going to hear his voice. <laughs> the Bible says that we know his voice, but that only happens when you're actually spending time with someone. And so the, the, obviously the first step is spend time with the Father. If you want to hear his voice, everybody wants that magic moment when you have this specific word of knowledge for someone. Yeah. But man, I want to hear his voice. I want him to, to walk and talk with me all day long, every single day. And I promise you that when I do that, he wants to build up the person next to me through, through my mouth, through my, my relationship with the Father. And so let's, um, let's get practical for a moment. Let's... 
What are some practical ways as a church leader, Scott Tilly, what are some practical ways that you think, um, you can cultivate a prophetic culture? I'll give you a couple of examples for myself. Um, I've been to your church and I've seen during your services, you do something that I think is beautiful and I think should probably be done all around everywhere. And that is you, you ask the Lord for a a specific word for someone in your congregation. Is that right? Yeah. And I've been there when I've seen, I've seen you open up your notebook and you've got these notes written down of beautiful things that the Lord has actually spoken to you about someone. And you deliver those in front of everyone. It's so honoring. It's so beautiful. And I love it. And what you've done, you're not just encouraging and building up the person that's here, that is being spoken to. You are building up the entire room. And so I would suggest that's that's one way, um, just being open to that. Another way that, that I've been, that I've experienced, you know, um, you're in this group too. We've been in a, involved in a, a guy's text group where we've had like 30 or 35 dudes on this group. And, um, we've, there's been times when we've picked a, picked a person from that group and it's been like their day for words. And so we'll ask the Lord for a specific word for that person, or we'll, we'll simply ask the Lord, God, what do you think about this person? And then we'll, we'll, we'll hear from the Lord. We'll pray. This is practical stuff. The word practical means practice. Like we're practicing this stuff. So we, we ask the Lord what he thinks about this person. We, we believe that we have something in our spirit, right? We're, we're connected to the father to where he can insert things into our heart. He can insert thoughts into our brain. And then we just believe with our hearts and our minds and we speak the words or we type the words out and man, I've been involved in those where I've received words from people and it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. And that is what a healthy, that's 35 dudes who are living life together. That's a healthy prophetic culture that they're building. What are some examples, um, of prophecy for you, Scott, that you've seen, that you've seen prophecy be, be impactful in your life? Yeah. Uh, for me, man, honestly, um, the most effective prophecy that I, that I, effective prophecy, every prophecy, every prophetic from God's effective. But uh, for me, I guess the most effective way for me to get in a position to hear is just to be quiet, just to get in the presence of the Lord and and not approach Him from a, I have to know this, Lord. But what do you want to tell me, Lord? What What do you want? to tell me, you know, we talked about the scripture, we've preached on this scripture, but, um, when, when Jesus is with the disciples, man, I've I've heard you preach on this. I've preached on it. And, you know, I imagine them, you know, sitting around the campfire, eating fish or whatever, talking about what they did that day. And, and, but, but Jesus comes to a complete, uh, a complete honorary, uh, moment where he, he's like, Hey, Hey boys, what's everybody saying about me? What are they, what are they saying about, you know, the one you follow? And some of them are piping off. Well, some say you're John the Baptist reincarnate. Some say Elijah, some say this, some say that. And then Jesus, you know, he gets really intentional with them. And he says, well, who do you say that I am? And Pete, of course, he, he's always the first one, if you notice in the scripture, to like either fly off the cuff or say something profound and then a chapter later get rebuked for having the enemy in him. But right. he, he approaches Jesus with like this boldness. Well, you're the Messiah. You're, you're, you're the son of God. You're, you're the Christ. And, 
And Jesus, I think he honors Peter in that moment. He's like, hey man, like that couldn't have been revealed to you by anybody but God himself. That's what prophetic looks like. When when you're in a place, uh, you're just chasing Jesus. Like you, you're you honing in on everything he's saying. And, you're, and they got it wrong. They messed it up a lot. But in that moment, Peter really knew who was in front of him and who was standing there. And, and, and Jesus really wanted to relay back to him like, yes, that is correct. You know, use this in your life. Oh, by the way, here's the keys to the kingdom. You know, here's the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and what you bind on earth will be bound on heaven, and what you loose on earth will be loosened. He gives Peter permission to bind and loosen things. And that's good. Yep. Yeah. That was a very prophetic moment that I don't think people yeah. people understand the 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 reva, revelation side of that story. But think about that for a second. Jesus was actually setting up a prophetic practice moment there, right? Hey guys, I want you to listen for yourself right now. Pause, pause, pause. Now, who do you say I am? So, so Peter practically actually heard from the father and he prophesied to Jesus, right? (laughs) He prophesied to Jesus in that moment. You are the son of God. And then what did Jesus say after that? I'm going to build my church on this, on that right there. I'm going to build my church on that prophetic moment. I'm going to build my church on that uh, revelation that was just received and given. And so Mm -hmm. if the church was built on revelation from the father, we can, we can kind of say if the church was built on that prophetic moment, when did God ever take that away from the church? Right. When, when did God ever say, okay, I'm going to build my church on that prophetic moment and then it's going to stop and then I'm going to take it away. No, man, we're called to run with this stuff. Cause he also told the disciples right before he left, go into all the world and teach and teach all nations, everything that I've everything taught you, that everything I've taught you. taught you. And so if we go back and we read all the things that he taught them, man, he taught them the simple gospel prophecy was included in that. And casting it's out demons, casting out demons. We, we ain't going there. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that's the next episode. <laughs> yeah, man, that's good. And you know, that's really is the heart, man. That's the heart of this whole podcast for me. And yes, the kingdom bringer thing is, is kind of a brand that I really feel like the, the Lord put on my heart. But the whole idea of it, man, is, is Luke 17, 21, where Jesus says the kingdom is not here or there. It's inside of you. Yeah. And so this yeah. walk, this walk with Jesus, I just imagine him walking with us and unpacking with us every single thing that the kingdom offers that's inside of you. It's him it's him putting his arm around you and saying, "Son, let me show you what's inside of you." Yeah. Let me show you all the things that this kingdom offers you. Let me show you how you. to steward that. Let stop me show trying, you how to steward stop that. Stop trying to get your kicks elsewhere. Just learn from me and live from me. You know, Paul Paul even um Paul even kind of alluded back to that you said you know the scripture about the kingdom not being here or there you know in first corinthians 4 20 man this is this is so powerful stuff it says that the kingdom of god is not about talk but about power boom so man what does that look like if if the christian culture gets that that one thing that it's not about all the things that I speak of, the the eloquent things, you know, that I can come up with, and I I can study scripture for you know eighteen hours and come up with a great message and yada yada. Man, what if we just 
where we just move from the persona that the kingdom of God looks like something. There's a power behind what God is trying to do with his people. And when, when you understand that, when you get like, wow, I've been equipped and I've been gifted and I've been given some authority with this thing, then it's not to build myself up. It's not to puff myself up because that's not love. It's to, it's to steward the gifting that God has given me and point strictly to the Savior. Look what he's done in my life. Look what he's delivered me from. Look what I can prophesy of the future and say, look what he's going to do in the future. Look what he's going to do. So that's where we get that prayer. A very, very, um, very special lady to me, uh, Miss Naomi Jantz. She used used to end every prayer, and I kind of picked this up. She used to end every prayer where I thank you, God, in advance for what you're going to do. That's prophetic, man. Thank you for what you're going to do tomorrow, you know. And for me, man, the whole 1 Corinthians 4.20 serum, you know, is... It's not about all the things I can talk about. It's about what the kingdom of God is doing within me. That's good. It's also not, you know, the Bible talks about putting, putting this stuff into practice. You know, we can hear the word and we can sit on it and we can get built up with all of this knowledge and all of this, you know, information. But until you actually put it into, into practice and put it into play, man, it's, what is it? What is it? It's, How many prophets are sitting home on the couch every day doing nothing? That's exactly man. right, man. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly right. And I so I feel like that's a, you know, 1 Corinthians 4.20 is my favorite verse of all time. And I, I actually came across that verse like a year now, or two years ago, never heard it before. And when I saw it, it completely bombed me because that's what I wanted in my life. You know, I didn't have any power in my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any like kingdom authority in my life up until you know, a few years ago. And when I, when I recognized that the kingdom lived inside of me, man, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I have an opportunity to change someone or something's reality. You know what I mean? There's a, it's a broken world. Well, (laughs) I'm alive. Yeah. He's healthy. Yeah. You know, it's a broken world, but you know, Think about insert kingdom quality and kingdom mentality. That is what draws people in. It's it's the seeing, it's the seeing what God has done in something. Because you know, in Revelation, it talks about that verse. You know, um, by the by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. They're seeing. There's a testimony behind um, what we're bringing, and and it's all about Jesus, man. It all points to Jesus. If it's not about Jesus, I don't want to be a part of it. Like, I know where I was without Him, and I don't want to be a part. You know, of anything that's not pointing to him. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 uh, reminded of uh, Ephesians two six, where it says, "And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus." And so, for me, that's the kingdom perspective, man. We are actually seated with mm-hmm. Christ at the right hand of the Father in heaven. So, a kingdom perspective actually looks like looking above all the circumstances we're going through. It actually looks like looking above all of this brokenness that we see all around us. It's a kingdom perspective. And for so long in my walk and for so, you know, so many people I know struggle with this. They think it's all about asking Jesus into your heart and going to heaven someday. Mm -hmm. So like I will have that kingdom perspective someday, you know, I will be, I will be able to see things from a kingdom perspective. Uh, a light, a kingdom perspective someday, man, it says that we're seated with him right now. It says that that kingdom lives inside of you right now. Mm. And so for me, yeah, man, when, once you wake up to that, like there's no going back from that, right? No, no, it no, isn't no. like you, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and say, 
I know it's inside of me, but like it's inside of me. And the world will tell you different because the enemy wants you to believe different, you know, Um, as far as that mentality of, yeah, hopefully one day I'll get in and maybe I'll get in by the skin of my teeth. And man, what if the perspective was changed? What if the, what if the perspective was changed in the act of, God has qualified us. He has given us what we need. Like we must mean something to God that he would completely, you know, as Todd Weiss says, bankrupt heaven to buy us back. Yeah. I mean, that that's pretty awesome. And and I think that I think that one of the things that that really made me understand this more. Um I always lived off of uh for the longest time just a doubt a doubtful mentality. Like, well, I wasn't, I was, I was well aware that I was saved. I was well aware that I was going to heaven, that I had a relationship with Jesus. But, you know, I was one of those people Well, yeah, maybe one day I'll get in. I hope at the end of my life I will get in. And then I come across this scripture that I want to share to just kind of, to wrap, get, get to that, to the end of this thing. And this is from first Corinthians two sixteen, And it says, for who has known the mind and the purposes of the Lord so we can, as to instruct him. And there's a question, but then it, it comes with a prayer. After that, it says, but we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. Yeah. So if he's, if we can capture one of those thoughts, man, that he has for us, how different does that make our life look? So good. So good. Man, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's, this is not a, while it is, I believe, a simple thing. I believe that all of this kingdom language and all of this, um, this whole Christian walk was meant to be simple there's a lot to unpack and there's a lot to get into. And so that's the benefit, I guess, of having this platform that uh, we have the opportunity to have right now is I like to talk, man. <laughs> and you like Every to talk. Every pastor bro. likes to talk. <laughs> so this is going to be good to get together. And uh, we're hoping to have some guests on in the future. Uh, man, I, I want to use this as a platform for unity. Yeah. You know, we want to get other pastors in here and, and kind of pick their brains and pick their, um, their wisdom about, uh, kingdom stuff, man, mm. kingdom stuff. And so we're excited to be here with you guys. Th- thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Scott, you want to close this with a super quick prayer, bro? I would love to. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the kingdom opportunity you've given us to become sons and daughters. I thank you that you um, you have carefully thought this thing out um, for our future. And if you have strategically planned uh, hope for our future. Um, and I just want to thank you for um, all these people that you've put in our lives, God, to be um, to be in fellowship with and just to be a part of. Uh, Lord, we just pray um, in advance, as, as Miss Naomi would say, we just pray thank you in advance for, for what's to come, Lord. And we just bless all you guys that are listening. We ask um, the Holy Spirit would just send his guidance and counsel upon you right now. That he would meet you where you're at and that you would know the Father's love in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in again. This is the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. I'm Darren Eubanks. That's Scott Tilly. We're excited to be doing this with you. Until next time, be blessed.